Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm Lead Advisor and Senior Analyst with Kupinger Call Analysts. My guest today is Alexei Balaganski. He is Lead Analyst with Kupinger Call Analysts. We have been talking just recently about the feng shui of zero trust, and today we want to talk about zero trust again, but this time on the occasion of the publication of your leadership compass, Zero Trust Network Access. But if I remember correctly, we said that zero trust is not a product. It's a concept, but now we are looking at a market segment, Zero Trust Network Access. How does this work out? How does zero trust come into a market segment? Well, first of all, hello, Matthias, and thanks for having me again. And of course, uh, welcome to all of our current and future viewers. Yes, uh, my leadership compass on this topic, Zero Trust Network Access, has finally been published. It took unusually a long time and uh, a little more, little bit more effort than I uh, initially anticipated, but now it's out uh, and I uh, wholeheartedly recommend everyone interested in the subject to read it because some of the findings are indeed very interesting. And yes, you're absolutely right. The topic of Zero Trust in general, uh, have been discussed to death, really. And yes, every time you have to explain to our potential customers and viewers that Zero Trust is not actually a product, you cannot buy Zero Trust, you have to build your own architecture. But with ZTNA, we are actually uh, coming as close as possible to uh, a turnkey Zero Trust solution, at least for a very specific uh, area of your IT infrastructure. So first of all, zero trust in a nutshell. Do not trust anyone, uh, encrypt all of your connections, or authenticate every access uh, attempt, and basically enforce the least privileged principle. So you, you should only be able to access exactly what you need to and nothing else, right? This is the whole idea of zero trust as a concept. Zero Trust Network Access actually take these uh, guidelines, these basic principles, and uh, apply them to a number of existing technologies, uh, which enforce these principles onto anyone, like user, device, or service, accessing a network-based resource anywhere. And this is why it's extremely important, because uh, Zero Trust Network Access, uh, among other interesting uh, things, completely abstracts uh, the physical location of said resource, meaning that you can easily access it from home or being somewhere in a coffee shop or on a flight or in a different country, which is exactly what, well, the whole mankind actually needed desperately two years ago when this whole COVID pandemic started. Suddenly everyone was working from home. The existing VPNs just did not work anymore because VPNs don't scale, VPNs are insecure, and more, mostly uh, important, VPNs are extremely inconvenient. And ZTNA has promised a secure, convenient, and really uh, unlimitedly scalable alternative to VPNs. Okay, so you already described the market segment a bit. It's about encryption, it's about authorization processes, it's authentication. But what constitutes a product that really fits into this market segment? What are the capabilities that are mandatory when it comes to saying, okay, this is CTNA product, and how do they really look like? 
Well, again, kind of fundamentally, uh, every ZTNA solution uh, has to implement this uh, basic principle that any network is always considered hostile and untrusted. So every attempt to access anything over the, this network should be well, authenticated, secured, and then ideally also constantly validated whether it remains secured and authenticated. And as soon as you no longer need this uh, access, it's just terminated as if it has never existed before. And of course, if uh, a policy gives you access to a resource X, it absolutely does not give you access to any other resource unless it's explicitly specified in the same policy, right? As opposed to VPN, which basically gives you access to the whole subnetwork uh, of an existing LAN, for example. How do you do that? Well, first of all, since you cannot trust any uh, existing network, you have to create a separate, isolated, virtual overlay on top of this physical network. Usually it's done with a combination of uh, transport encryption. So anything you send over the network is placed into an encrypted tunnel, usually within a, uh, an existing protocol like ViaGuard, which is known from uh, VPNs, for example, or just TLS, the same protocol we use for our browser for our secure browsing. And then, of course, you need a combination of software or hardware gateways or agents, basically endpoints, which terminate those secure tunnels. So any uh, time uh, a user from a device wants to access a resource, there must exist this tunnel terminated between those two ends. And the additional uh, idea in that kind of this tunnel is never incoming. It's always outgoing. And this helps solve this remote access problem because usually most routers or firewalls or any other network uh, devices, they prohibit uh, incoming requests, but they allow outgoing ones. So the idea is that you have two completely separated uh, planes, if you will. One in the, the data plane, this virtual network overlay, which actually transports your data. And the other one is the control plane, which enables this policy management and enforcement and orchestration of those connections. So basically, usually this translates into a pretty simple idea that you establish one tunnel from the customer, the client end to somewhere, maybe uh, an on-prem gateway or maybe a security cloud somewhere. And at the same time, your ZTNA agent establishes another tunnel from the resource end. And the platform takes care of connecting those two tunnels together. And as soon as this happens, your traffic can flow, you can access your resource. And of course, it's always combined with multi-factor authentication, uh, user management in an existing uh, directory, for example, Azure Active Directory or Okta or anything else. And of course, uh, it's usually combined with some uh, network security tools to ensure that your connection is not only uh, authenticated, but even uh, but also secure, that it's clean from malware, or safe from the, whatever security or compliance policies uh, your organization has and so on. So for example, you might define a policy that only uh, a device which is managed by your company is allowed to connect to a resource at all. 
and it also has to have all the latest uh, Windows updates. And it also has to have an active antivirus, which reports that there are no, no malware on the device. And you should not be, let's say, in a hostile country in the moment. And for example, you can define additional policies like you can only access uh, during the normal working hours and you have to actually be physically you on the other side because there is a biometric process which uh, monitors your you typing on your keyboard which can tell whether it's you or a hacker impersonating you. And when you combine all these uh, technologies which have existed for probably a decade into a single product and you make sure that this product can be deployed and scaled to every possible use case on-prem, in the cloud, or hybrid, you get a ZTNA product, which is basically a turnkey, zero-trust solution. Well, this is fascinating because this would enable an organization to onboard its whole networking infrastructure onto this new type of solutions without making sure that any components need to be built separately. So, as you said, turnkey, But just one question that came across my mind just while we were talking. This is something that has been coined with the term SASE as well before. So providing a complete set of networking functionalities plus the security, plus the network as a whole and in one go. Is this comparable? Is this different? Is this a subsegment? Well, at least the original definition of SASE was that it's a secure access service edge, which is a, a technology deployed from the cloud and consumed from the cloud, and also uh, providing you with a secure and manageable uh, set of network and security capabilities. So, for example, a CASB or a, a firewall as a service or a some other security capabilities, next generation, web gateway, whatever. Uh, there are so many uh, uh, acronyms available now which can be packed under that. But usually, uh, kind of, until recently, uh, private access solutions were not included under that banner. But of course, now they are, because many uh, vendors have realized that their existing quote-unquote security clouds are perfect for doing both of those technologies. But in this leadership compass, we cover SESI as a nice-to-have add-on capability, which is uh, nevertheless not uh, essentially required for the TNA solution. And there are some vendors which do both, as well as there are vendors who only provide pure-play secure access solutions. Okay, when we look at that market segment and the vendors that are in there, As this is a new leadership compass, I assume this is something that we have done for the first time. So that gave you the chance to underestimate the amount of work to be spent on that. What are the players that we look at when we are looking at this CTNA leadership compass? Are these the usual suspects when it comes to network security providing functionality across the board? Or are there surprises for you and also for me? Well, first of all, you're absolutely right. This is uh, a new area for cooping the coal. So we had, uh, well, of course, I mean, as usual, we have aspired to uh, include every possible company in, in our rating, uh, uh, which we deemed worthy uh, mentioning at all, which uh, in total uh, was about 30 different vendors. 
Unfortunately, uh, not all companies probably know us uh, well enough to jump into the, 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 the effort, the kind of to invest the effort they need from their side to participate in our rating. So in the end, we only have uh, about uh, 16 or 17 uh, companies covered in the rating and the rest uh, we only mentioned briefly as vendors to watch because it's traditional for our edition compasses. Some of those companies are, of course, usual suspects like Google or Cisco or Broadcom, those large uh, veteran vendors. Well, Google basically invented Zero Trust uh, back then, almost 15 years ago. But there is a lot of uh, smaller uh, innovative startups which only usually do pure play network secure network access. Some of those have uh, actually existed before the term even emerged. They did what was used to be called software-defined perimeters or application-aware micro-segmentation or any other underlying technologies. But now, basically, they are all they have all been combined with those aspects uh, I mentioned earlier: strong authentication, monitoring, uh, policy management, and they're all now being offered as ZTNA, zero trust network access solutions. So, if we turn to leadership, there are these again the usual suspects that are capable of providing network segmentation plus encryption plus the agent technology on the clients. What would be a few of the leaders, not to stress one individually, but to give an insight, what are the overall leaders when we look at that new CTNA segment? Well, one thing I wanted to highlight before we even jump into specific names and that how diverse uh, our rating uh, uh, this, uh, is in this uh, particular market segment is. Basically, normally, uh, we also measure the correlation between like product capabilities and market presence and innovation uh, versus product capabilities. And we expect uh, those correlation factors to be relatively high for a mature market. Uh, in, in this ZTNA market, it's like all over the place. It's, uh, it's a clear indicator that the market is not even immature. It's like, I mean, it's growing... Uh, it's an explosive pace. So situation changes like probably every month. There are new capabilities emerging. There are new vendors uh, going out of stealth mode and so on. But of course, uh, if you just uh, focus on the high end of our rating among the overall leaders, we only see those large companies which actually have the resources and uh, the technology to run a huge global uh cloud infrastructures to be present at every city, in, uh, uh, in every country, and so on, like Cloudflare, for example, or Broadcom, or Cisco, or Palo Alto Networks, or Google, again. Those are the companies that are just big enough to be present, uh, not just be present in every country and every city, but actually be uh, just like one network hop away from your local computer. And this is one of the most important uh, aspects of having a scalable and convenient remote access solution, low latency, and only a company that operates either their own security cloud or uh, rents a lot of resources from an existing public cloud can actually uh, deliver that. But of course, there are uh, use cases where you actually do not need a cloud presence or even you are actually discouraged from going into the cloud, for example, for compliance reasons. And this is a sub-segment, if you will, where uh, smaller startups dominate. A company which probably cannot connect 500,000 users 
together because they're too small for that, but uh, they can connect your 5,000 users in a day. And if this is what you're looking for, then you'll probably be more interested in checking that uh, other end of our uh, overall leadership with smaller and innovative startups. And again, innovation is uh, another rating which we measure separately, and it's amazing how many innovation leaders we had this time, because every vendor has something unique to offer, which nobody else has come up with. If I look at this from the advisory perspective, you've been looking at the market segment, at the diversity of the products and the services that are around. From an advisory perspective, this sounds tempting to have a solution, as you said, turnkey that you can move to, that you choose a solution and you move into that and you implement zero trust network access. But if you look at the lock-in aspect from your assessment, how difficult, once you've made that step into no matter which one's service, how difficult is it to get out again and to migrate or to coexist and to get hybrid when it comes to zero trust network architectures? Is this possible? Is this desirable? What is your opinion there? Uh, well, if you are talking about a potential vendor looking, I'm pretty sure this is one of those areas where which doesn't matter that much because one of the uh, great uh, advantages of this whole market is that uh, you do not need to invest uh, into hardware or network infrastructure. Again, this is all virtual. This is all uh, software defined uh, and even better policy defined. Unfortunately, we are not uh, there yet. Uh, so we do not have yet uh, a universal policy language. So you cannot just say, okay, I want to get out from the vendor X and go to vendor Y. So I'm just taking my rules with me and expect them to work flawlessly. This won't happen. But at least you are not losing anything. I mean, there is no hardware to abandon, no appliances, no network devices. So you just basically have to create a new account and uh, onboard your existing devices and services once again. And uh, at a small scale, at least, uh, when it comes to dozens of applications and maybe like hundreds of thousands of users, this can be done in days. So that's that, that's not a challenge I would think too much about. But of course, a much bigger challenge is, as you mentioned earlier, it's all about identities. So before you even jump into this, you have to have a reliable uh, source of your identities. Whether it's, again, if it's an on-prem uh, directory or if it's a, some complicated cloud-based solution, or even if it's something like turnkey, like Azure Active Directory, you still need one uh, kind of source of truth for your identities. And those uh, ZTNA solutions are usually capable to plug in directly to those uh, identity providers. Ideally, you can even have more than one. And you can design some really flexible, interesting policies. Awesome. Thank you very much, Alexei. You mentioned that the Leadership Compass is out right now. So for those who are interested into moving towards Zero Trust and Zero, Zero Trust Network Access and are prepared from the identity management perspective, which is, of course, my favorite topic in that context, then please head over to the Kupinger Co. website and look for the LC. CTNA. So I th think that should be easily to be found through our search engine. So just type in LC CTNA and try to identify the right solution. 
for you. I just checked the table of contents. So it's 16 vendors you've covered and it's 14 vendors to watch. So that was really quite some work to do. Thank you again, Alexei, for sharing your insights here. I, I think this will be a growing and interesting and also disruptive market segment when it comes to securing networks. Would you agree? Well, it already is. Again, kind of uh, hybrid work is one of those topics which everyone is talking about, even after uh, the, the first COVID pandemic official is officially over. Who knows when the second one is coming or something else. So this is a huge topic uh, and it's no longer like a nice to have feature. It's a matter of life and death for your business, especially if it's a complex uh, geographically distributed one. So yes, absolutely. Uh, this is one of those low-hanging fruits where you don't have to uh, think a lot. You just have to reach out and take it and deploy it. And you will be amazed how uh, the quality of uh, and productivity of your users will change in that. Absolutely. And before we close down, I want to mention that we have a security-related event coming up in November. So the Cybersecurity Leadership Summit will be taking place from November 8th to November 10th in Berlin. And this will connect a globally growing community of data security experts. And I really would like to invite you to check out our website and maybe consider contributing or just taking part virtually or in person there. We will have interesting speakers, including Alexei, less interesting speakers, including me. And we will have great speakers like CISOs and security experts from organizations like Lufthansa, Deutsche Börse, Deutsche Telekom, MasterCard, and Siemens, the German Parliament, and many, many more. So these three days will be the epicenter of security events, events in Europe, in Berlin, in November. So please head over to our website also for that reason, and consider registering and meeting us in Berlin virtually or in person. Thank you very much, Alexei, for being my guest today and for sharing your experience in creating this leadership compass and for preparing it. Thanks again, and I'm looking forward to having you soon again. Thanks, Alexei. Um, thank you very much, Matthias, for having me. And of course, looking forward to meeting you personally again in Berlin. And of course, everybody is going to join us uh, at the CSLS. Well, thank you and goodbye. Thank you and bye-bye. <laughs>